Mama never thought she was naming a hashtag. Naming a victim. Naming another cause for the march. She never thought she was naming a headline. Naming a subject of a CNN discussion. Mama never thought she was naming another name for the list. Mama took her time to create. A name to be placed upon a queen. Not a name all over the news or another grave for black youth. It's a shame that we must remember pain isn't just in our black men, but also within our women. Mama, we know this wasn't what she deserved. I share your pain through these words. More Than a Name by Brandon Dawson. Welcome, welcome, welcome. The Composition Podcast, episode 19. It is your host, Dermain, back again as always. This opening poem comes from a gentleman right here in Maryland named Brandon Dawson. Very dope artist that I got to meet uh, recently. I've been hip to his work for a few months now, ever since he put out his, uh, his self-published poetry book called Couldn't Let You Tell It. Please go grab that today. Um, you can find it on his website, excuse me, on his Instagram, at the Don Dawson. That's T-H-E-D-O-N-D-A-W-S-O-N. Or you can get it from the company that helped him put it out. Uh, they're also Baltimore-based. They're called Silent Book Publishing. The website is silentbookpublishing.com, all spelled the regular way. So definitely go support Brandon. And also go support Silent Book Publishing. Um, also, if you're a writer and you want to get your work out there and you just don't know how to do it, definitely reach out. And I'm pretty sure they'll get your work all over. This book that I have right here, Couldn't Let You Tell It by Brandon Dawson. Um, it's a really nice design. The front and back cover are pretty, pretty dope. The pages are nice and sturdy. And I'm glad to have it. I also have a copy that I'll be giving away to one of my book club members. Thank you for supporting. Um, it's, it's autographed by myself and by Brandon himself. So yeah, I definitely wanna you know say thank you for all the support that we've been receiving so far. Yeah, uh, like I said, Brandon is a Baltimore, Maryland native. He graduated from the Academy for College and Career Exploration and currently he's 27 years old. Since then, he's been focused on his, his art. He has a self-published poetry book that just recently came out. Again, go grab it, it's called Couldn't Let You Tell It. And he also does music. He has a freestyle that I posted in on the homepage of my website, Dermain.com. Definitely go uh, check that out. Subscribe to his YouTube channel and his Instagram. And again, support his art. If you know anybody, that's a talented writer and you want to share their work help get the work out there first contact silent uh, book publishing and then send it to me uh, the composition book club.com the Instagram composition book club at my personal Instagram at underscore domain I'm always looking to check out new work always looking to introduce new work to our readers so readers please if you know anybody shoot them to me that poem again was called More Than a Name. And it resonates heavy with me this week because, as always with America, 
we have video footage of another assassination young black man 25 years old i literally just turned 25 years old last month so this one definitely struck me to the core his name is jalen walker it's reported that he suffered at least 60 gunshot wounds in a fatal shooting while running from police in what should have been a traffic stop. How a traffic stop turns into 60 bullets into a young man, who knows? But the poem goes hand in hand with how I feel. I want Jalen Walker to be more than just a name. I want his family to be able to remember him peacefully. And that's my tribute to him and his family. May he rest in peace and may they be able to find peace. All too often what happens in this country, especially now more than ever, is when these things happen, we end up becoming hashtags, marches, fucking think pieces. Instead of, you know, being remembered for what we stood for, the memories we were able to create with the people we loved, we end up becoming just a, a subject, a topic, a, a name, for lack of a better word. And I think it's important that we, you know, take times out of our days to have the people that we love and lost live vicariously through us, still, you know, hold true what they stood for. Because you're going to want the same thing when you go. You want to always be remembered. And that's what we have to do. So again, rest in peace to Jalen Walker. And rest in peace to all of those that were lost in the 4th of July shooting in Highland Park in Chicago. Right now, I don't have their names, ironically enough, during this topic. But, you know, salute to all of their families. Hopefully, they're able to find peace and continue to live their lives. There was a young man, little boy, actually, not even a young man, little boy. I believe he was either two or three years old, lost both of his parents in that shooting. That just goes to show you like where we are in the world and how numb people are to, to caring about others. Took both of this little boy's parents. That shit is really heartbreaking. But of course the bullshit is not just exclusive to America. It seems like the whole world is either on fire or preparing to fucking blow up. On Friday, July 8th, there was a very public killing, not even killing, very public assassination of the former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. Um, we live in a time where pretty much everything is on camera, so I'm gonna be honest, I watched this video, and while you can't really see everything that happens, it's, it's still there and it's still really disturbing. He's there giving his speech, saying whatever he's saying. Of course, he's speaking in Japanese, so I don't really know what he's saying, but he's speaking with conviction. Then you just hear a shot. Boom. And everybody's, you know, kind of lost, kind of confused. Then you hear another shot. Boom. And that's when the hysteria starts. Um, from what I saw, the things that were reported, uh, this gentleman, the uh, killer, had a, a, uh, a homemade, like, double-barrel shotgun type of thing. There's pictures, pictures floating online of, of the weapon. And it's definitely not a, you know quote-unquote natural gun it's like some some other shit uh handguns and rifles are like super duper outlawed in japan they have some of the fucking tightest gun laws on the earth 
So of course this shocks the whole country because this is something that doesn't really happen whatsoever. Abe was born September 21st, 1954 in Tokyo, Japan, and he graduated from Siki University and attended the University of Southern California. In 1993, he was elected to the House of Representatives in Japan, and in 2006, he took over as the Prime Minister. He became the youngest post-war Prime Minister in Japan's history, and the first to be born after World War II. Um, he only served as Prime Minister in Japan for one year and stepped down uh, due to severe medical complications. In 2017, he started to make his comeback politically and recently met his demise in Nara, Japan. So I hate to make this the Rest in Peace podcast. But, of course, rest in peace to Shinzo Abe. Uh, may he rest in peace and may his family find peace. And may I start to talk about something that's not so damn sad. I'm sorry that I have to start off every podcast like this, but it's a real world that we live in. So we just got to be aware of what we're facing and got to be educated on what we're facing, who we're dealing with, who we're losing, who we're gaining. Crazy world. Um, Back to the world being on fire in Sri Lanka. This literally was just reported last night going into this morning. But protesters, regular citizens, angry citizens, have forced out the president and prime minister in Sri Lanka. They've stormed all of their luxury houses and, and took them over. They made them their fucking, their, their camps. But it's not like it's militants. It's not like it's revolutionaries or some type of militia. If you go online and look at this shit, it's all over Twitter. These are literally average citizens. Um, Without context, it is eyebrow raising. And, you know, if you believe in law and order, seeing the chaos is definitely eyebrow raising. But for these to be citizens in a country, to feel like they're being misled, to feel like they're being wronged, and to take back their power or to force change, you, you gotta commend it. These are revolutionaries. They're regular people, but they're also revolution, revolutionaries. They're making history live for the world to see. There are certain countries on Earth where they're, the people are not going to have too much shit like the numbers are so vast there's so many people where you better get it together sooner or later they'll get it together for you and clearly Sri Lanka is one of those places shout out to the fucking citizens of Sri Lanka go for yours make change happen man I'm not promoting any type of violence but if 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 we're all in agreement that this is what we need to make change for all of us to live better lives make it fucking happen I always support that. I do have a congratulations that I can get to to make things not sound so fucking heart-wrenching. I want to give a special shout-out and congratulations to Sandra Douglas Morgan. She is now the first woman, period, to be selected as a NFL team president. First woman to do it, first black woman to do it. So huge, huge shout out to Sandra Douglas Morgan. Uh, There's a myriad of things that makes this monumental. The first being that she's African-American, so fucking salute for that. 
The second being she's a woman. I mean, those are interchangeable. Sorry, women. You can probably put the fact that she's a woman first. The fact that she's a black woman. And the fact that she is a Las Vegas fucking native. Um, she was born and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada. She's a graduate of University of Nevada. And she also attended the University of uh, Nevada, Reno. She went to El Dorado High School in Vegas. She's been there her whole entire life. Professionally, with all due respect, she is that bitch. She was once a defense attorney, a litigation attorney, a city attorney for North Las Vegas. And she was the uh, first African-American to hold that position in Nevada. She was the director of external affairs for AT&T from 2016 to 2019. Then after that, she joined the Nevada State Athletic Commission, where she later became the chairwoman. So for her to do all of that, accomplish all of that, and then to be here, first team president, first African-American woman team president in the NFL, fucking monumental she's literally a trailblazer she's doing it out here so huge shout out again to sandra douglas morgan that really just made me a raiders fan not really i'm still a Steelers fan die hard i don't even know why i just said that i kind of lied but i am going to support this team more and more now and you know do your research on her go find out about her huge shout out to her and i think that's going to be it for my fucking my, my news and the happenings of this week. Let's get into some literature, why don't we? So the book of the week for this week is called Illogical, Saying Yes to a Life Without Limits by Emmanuel Acho. Now I talk a lot of football on this podcast for whatever reason, it's a literature podcast. But with that being said, um, this guy right here is an NFL analyst, former NFL player. Um, so, of course, I have knowledge of who he is, but um, his work over the last few years has definitely elevated in each level. From him being an analyst to him being an author. I first started paying more attention to Acho when he became the host of the show Speak for Yourself on Fox Sports Network. Um, he brings uh, uh, energy and a perspective to the show that's really unique to uh, the fucking sports analyst game. A lot of it is just like personal opinions that are fucking super obtuse or like really offensive hot takes that are just meant to get retweets and fucking social media attention. But with him, he always has a very tactical approach to how he uh, presents his opinion and that I really, really enjoy. So I wanted to check out this book when I heard it was dropping. Um, but he has a few books already. He's a, num a New York Times number one best-selling author already with Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. So this book here was a no-brainer for me. So this book chronicles his life and the lives of others and the uh, fantastic things that they were able to achieve and how they did it by just changing their thinking by adding a little bit more to their optimism, to their faith, to their perseverance. The writer doesn't just say if you change this or that about yourself, you can achieve so much more. He actually uh, details exact stories in his life and in the lives of people like uh, Steph Curry and what they did specifically to either block out the noise or to change 
their personal confidence in themselves to go on and become the greatest at their fields. He also takes it a step further and adds more context to his beliefs by adding biblical passages to each chapter, or just about each chapter. I really like that because it makes it concrete that this illogical thinking isn't just something that, you know, he just created overnight or something he's just throwing at you. Small changes in thinking have gone back fucking hundreds of thousands of years, even to times of the Bible. And I just thought that was a really interesting twist to add to the book. So definitely go get it. It's called Illogical by Emmanuel Acho. It comes from Flatiron Books. And it is 256 pages exactly. Not a super long read. Nice and decent. Um, again, he's a best-selling author. This is his third book coming out. He has uncom Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man and Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Boy. A lot of what uh, you're introduced to in this book, Illogical, may seem like common sense, but unless you have, or until you have somebody that's relatable, somebody that you can look up to present certain things for you with their perspective, it doesn't click all the way. So this book definitely clicked for me. And because of who he is and the way he's seen by people in sports, I believe introducing this book to my audience can do the same for other young black boys. Like you'll hear certain things from him or read certain things from him that you might not be able to receive the same from Joe Schmo, the fucking five-time billionaire who you don't really relate to. So again, go get this book called Illogical and let me find my exit. So my exit is gonna come from chapter one before the cards are flipped. Um, I'm a huge card game lover and this first chapter is about the game of 21 Blackjack, one of my favorite card games of all time. And, you know, I never really realized, and this is one of the things I really appreciate about Emmanuel Acho. He's able to add perspective to really simple things, like give fundamental value to things that you wouldn't even have realized. So, for example, the game of 21, it's all about belief. You have to have belief in yourself even when the odds are stacked against you, which in this game, no matter what, they will be. And if you take that type of thinking, that illogical thinking, knowing that you might lose nine times out of 10, but you're still gonna try to win, taking that thinking and applying it to whatever you're doing, whatever you're trying to achieve, just might be the key to making it possible. And that's what the chapter pretty much displays. That's why it's going to be my excerpt. It's going to be chap uh, chapter 1, pages 25 through 29. If you have the book, open it up and let's get ready. If you don't, shame on you. All right, let's go. The game of blackjack is simple. For those of you who have never seen the movie 21, I'll explain. You are dealt two cards and left with one decision. Ask for more or stick with what you've got. The object of the game is for your total card value to be at or as close to 21 as possible. You're competing against the dealer, so whoever is closer to 21 wins. Aces are worth one or 11, face cards 10, and number cards are worth the number shown on the cards, two through 10. You take the cards you're dealt, you can't change them, but 
you can ask for more. You can take a risk to try and get closer to a win. The only issue with the risk is that it comes with the clause, the chance that you could bust. Busting is when the value of your cards rises above 21. When that happens, you lose, the dealer wins, and you're out of the game. High risk, high reward. In the back room at the sugar house, the kid decided to double down, meaning that his $20,000 bet would yield him an additional $20,000. He had $40,000 at stake, enough money to make a down payment on a small Philadelphia townhouse. It also meant that he was choosing to take a major risk to accept one card and one card only from the dealer. I was familiar with the idea of doubling down, but not with the cards that the kid was showing. His hand showed two fours, a total value of eight. The dealer had two cards as well. His top card was an eight and his bottom card was face down. Advantage, dealer. Or so I thought. No matter what, the kid wasn't getting to 21. I already told y'all the value of every card and there is no card valued at 13 in the game. But for whatever reason, he still made the decision. He liked his odds. While in the NFL, I took a sports analyst class as part of my graduate degree. My professor was from Philly, a Temple University alum who was familiar with the Sugar House. For my final project, I chose to focus on odds in the game of blackjack. After all, you pursue an education to learn, but also to increase your chances of making money, right? I spent roughly 100 hours studying the odds of nearly every potential hand in blackjack. Talk about real life application. Based on my formal education, the kid's odds were slim. I knew that, the dealer knew that, everyone at the table knew that. But the kid chose not to believe it. He leaned back, cracked a smirk, and looked at me as he said, The cards are the cards assuring the dealer that he was confident in his decision. The dealer pulled the final card out of the deck and slid it to the kid. Face down, my team urged, hoping to build up the suspense of the moment. The dealer slid the unknown card beneath the two fours. The cards were indeed the cards, and nothing at this point could change the result. $40,000 was on the line. I was as nervous as if it were my money but the kid seemed unfazed. Imagine the confidence you'd need to keep cool during something like this. If the kid was sweating, no one noticed. Everything in his demeanor oozed swagger. No stress, no anxiety, no doubt. He trusted his gut and wasn't afraid. As I studied his cool demeanor, I realized that the most stressful times in our lives often occur before the cards are even flipped. We've calculated our odds and it feels like we have no chance. We worry, we fret, we panic. We don't know what's about to come next, so we break, we abort. We run away before the game plays out, but that night at the casino, I learned that life doesn't have to be so logical. Even in the face of stacked odds, you can own the moment. You can be confident even when you don't know what comes next 
or when you fear the worst comes next because of what logic tells you. You can take risks and trust that it's going to be okay. I recently spoke with a friend who was going through a major transition. In many ways, he was waiting for his cards to be flipped. He was scared, confused, even a bit intimidated by the unknown that awaited him as he approached a new life stage. He was changing jobs and didn't know what the future held. I reminded him about a truth that I had learned that day at the casino. When uncertainty hits, go with it. You have an opportunity and whatever you do to create, to be different, to not be concerned about the calculations or the odds, to be illogical enough to believe that you can do something that's never been done. The dealer flipped the other house card over. It was a ten of hearts. The kid's hope was all but lost. The dealer now had a value of 18 to the kid's eight. And while the, kill still, and while the kid still had his own card to turn over, only one would give him victory. Four cards would yield a draw, and the final seven cards would net a loss of the average annual salary in America. To put it plainly, there was roughly a 7% chance that the kid would win, a 31% chance that the kid would tie, and a 62% chance that the kid's pockets would be a lot lighter. I gently placed my hand on the kid's shoulder, preparing to comfort him for what would surely be a significant loss. The kid looked up at the dealer and signaled him permission to flip the final card. The room was silent, each person on the edge of their seat. The dealer flipped the kid's card over, slowly but with intent. It was the moment of truth, the last play of the game, a final opportunity. I braced myself. The card hit the table, followed shortly by my jaw. The crowd erupted. The kid had done it. He'd drawn the one card he needed to win, an ace, giving him a total value of 19. Strangers reached across the table, high-fiving each other. I was screaming in excitement, and people were hugging me as if I had been the one to win. The kid, however, ignored all the gestures around him. He just looked at me, nodded his head ever so slightly, and gave me a wink. We collected our chips and headed to the cashier. The kid could hardly hold on to each of the $5,000 pieces of plastic. As I waited in line for him to cash out, I gently mumbled a question that I couldn't shake. You know you only had a 7% chance to win that hand, right? He paused briefly, still dismayed at my lack of belief. He then sighed and responded, Acho, sometimes you're too smart for your own good. All right, that's going to be the end of my excerpt for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. So aside from the very triumphant ending, I wanted this chapter to be my excerpt because... I think it's a really good parable for how we should view life in general. Um, even times when you have people around you that actually have your best your best interest at heart, that actually have more information than you, that actually, you know, see things different from you, but not in a negative way. You still have to follow what you believe. You still have to go with your gut. You have to think illogically. 
Like even with all the information you have with you, sometimes you just have to believe in your process like the kid did in this chapter. Made him $40,000 richer. I really, really fucked with that chapter. If not anything else, this book for me is just a constant reminder to just work on your focus, fine-tune your focus, fine-tune how you see things, how you're able to receive and perceive things, and how you're able to react to things. Each chapter, he, like, he really breaks it down in stories like this, and some of them, like I said, are not even about him. He has a really dope chapter about Steph Curry, um, his bounce back. If you know anything about Steph Curry, at the beginning, it was it was really tough for him having his ankle injuries, dealing with Monte Ellis, and then see where he is now. He had to he had to have a, a logical belief. He has a chapter about fucking David and Goliath, and although that for some might not be true at all, it's it's the lesson in it, the belief that. Yes, this person or this obstacle is bigger than me, greater than me, but I'm going to be able to defeat it. Really simple lesson, but like I said, when you're able to see it in relatable ways in which you know you can apply, it hits a little bit harder. So definitely, again, go check out this book, Illogical by Emmanuel Ocho. Dope read. Um, check them out on Speak for Yourself, Fox Sports. I don't even have to say that. I'm pretty sure if you know anything about football, if you enjoy football, you've probably seen that before. He's an Emmy winner, New York Times bestselling author again. So yeah, I hope he's able to just keep working, keep writing, keep creating his art, keep influencing people like me to share it. And hopefully you do the same thing. You're able to fine tune your belief system, how you see things to only fit what you want it to fit. If it doesn't make you money, if it doesn't make you happiness, it doesn't make sense. And that really is what I took away from this book. It's really, really simple, but it's the simple things that compile over time that make up the biggest changes. And that's what's important. Uh, my poet of the week, Don Dawson, Brandon Dawson, he has a poem or quote, I'd say, in this his book. It goes, success ain't pretty and everybody wants a bad bitch. And that's a fact. Success is not pretty. It comes with a lot of ugly work, a lot of legwork. And everybody wants a bad bitch. Everybody wants it easy, but it's not going to go that way if you want to be successful. You really have to put in the work. You really have to be able to fine-tune your thinking and get everything done. So shout out to my poet of the week, Brandon Dawson. Shout out to Emmanuel Acho. Go get both of their books. Um, like I said, I'm going to be giving out an autographed copy of Brandon Dawson's book. So definitely go to my website, Dermain.com, to try to find out about that. I'm going to have a write-up about them. I asked him 10 questions that I thought were really unique. And, you know, you can find out his responses to that later on in the week. Dermain.com, I'm going to have that published for you. Yeah, man, keep reading, keep achieving, keep going, yo. My music spotlight of the week is also going to be Brandon Dawson. I'm going to give him this whole episode, really. Um, he's a really creative guy, really creative artist. I was able to co connect personally with a lot of the messages he conveyed in his book. Um, again, it is called Couldn't Let You Tell It. He speaks a lot about his upbringing in Baltimore. He gives you the ugly, the hideous sides of it. 
the tragedies that he had to face personally, just the things he saw walking down the street and, and, and being in a culture that he didn't decide but ultimately loves. Like he defends Baltimore to the fullest at the same time throughout the book. And then it's part memoir, I would say. He gives you all of his tragedies he was able to face, but he gives you the beauties of him loving his mother, him trying to find himself to become a man. My favorite, my favorite writing in the book, he has um, a poem called To Be a Man, part one, I believe. Let me find it. Hold on one second. Let me get the book. Yeah, To Be a Man, Part 1. It's page 70 in the book. So when you do get the book, which you will, definitely check that out. That's my favorite writing. Like, that really, really hit me hard. I'm not even going to tell you what it's about. I definitely want you to go check it out. Again, go follow him on Instagram, at the Don Dawson. And let's check out his track. But before we do, let's talk about the book of the week for next week. It's a creative little book called Before the Coffee Gets Cold. It's also a novel, part of a series. This one right here, I honestly picked it out because I love coffee. Before the Coffee Gets Cold, it just stuck out to me. It's by a writer named Toshikazu Kawaguchi. I hope I said that right. Um, again, it's the first of the book series, book one in the series Before the Coffee Gets Cold. Um... I did start reading already, and I can just say I want you all to really go get this book. Really creative ideas in this book. Um, it's science fiction, but the way it's 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 presented, it's really cool. It reminds me a little bit of The Man in the High Castle. That's one of my favorite books in the world. Anything with time travel kind of catches me. Sorry to uh, give that spoiler out, but... It's a really, really dope book. Please go get it and read with me. Um, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to give away this autographed book, but I'm going to do it. So I'll let you know through my Instagram how I do that, who the winner is. And I hope you all, again, are subscribing, are reading. If you know anybody that enjoys literature as much as we do, definitely put them on. Alright, let's check out this track called Lifted by Don Dawson. I hope you all stay safe and enjoy the rest of the month of July. Go get that book for next week. For sure. Judo on the track. It's so so is just that's the deep elevation of my and this is about me something about Follow my soul, gifted, push me on a mission. Promise I'ma get it when I get it. Follow my soul, gifted, push me on a mission. Promise I'ma get it when I get it. Follow my soul, gifted, push me on a mission. Promise I'ma get it when I get it. We all lifted, we all lifted, we all lifted, we all lifted. Okay, your shoes lace, but your soul missing. Try to plant the seeds, but your soul missing. You try to sell it, but your soul missing. All real, everything, you know it glow different. I'm on my pro shit, and I'm prolific. Marathon forever, let's go, Nipsey, to the bullshit. Swear I'm so missing. On my 23, but got no pippin'. I mean, the grind there, time coming. 
Looking at my trophy case that I found nothing I'm thinking big business, they thinking big bluffing Facts over here, they fake news, Donald Trumpin' Until I'm forgiven, I'ma keep the shit bumpin' And it's like that, what? Keep it like that, what? And it's like that, what? Keep it like that, what? And it's like that, keep it like that Follow my soul, gifted, push me on a mission Promise I'ma get it when I get it Follow my soul, gifted, push me on a mission Promise I'ma get it when I get it Follow my soul, gifted, push me on a mission Promise I'ma get it when I get it We all lifted, we all lifted We all lifted, we all lifted Kick the door down, it's the hit the floor sound Bitches hit the snore sound, but never they hit your round Pants jump and pull them up, it's smooth When they coming down, fuck it, I'm just fucking rounds You the on the beat, you know I gotta break it down Puma on my feet was a starving artist, pockets on fatigue Kept my mind up on increase, now my dollars gonna increase Knowledge is my power, that's why I found my peace All I need is by the hour, you know that I'm a beast If you know about my grind, you know we about to feast Only thing that's on my mind, success we about to meet Baltimore, boy, yeah, I'm straight from over east But we know about the murder, still praying for some peace I was born in the gutter, I was raised in the streets Made it out the mud, boy, still looking clean Humble what it was, but a savage I'ma be They watching while I follow my soul, gifted Push me on a mission Promise I'ma get it when I get it Follow my soul, gifted Push me on a mission Promise I'ma get it when I get it Follow my soul, gifted Push me on a mission Promise I'ma get it when I get it We all lifted We all lifted We all lifted